0: the High Regard show. It's
1: Like I felt comfortable with it until now and like what do you what do you think we should be doing different? Check out the High Regard show. New episodes every Monday.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show.
1: In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up
0: on the third floor.
1: Moving on up.
0: Oh, it don't get better than that.
1: No, sir, it doesn't.
0: Alright, so how do we start this week's show?
1: I don't know, Tom, because I'm still kind of just reeling from, you know, the effects of what happened on Wednesday. I mean, ha- how do we talk about something like that?
0: Uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard, because I know you and I, um, back in show number two of this <laughs> podcast, decided that we were going to tackle a tough subject, and I know we got almost halfway through the show, and then you were like, I'm too uncomfortable to continue.
1: Yeah, I mean, my whole life, I've had one particular school of thought. Like, my parents are gun-toting Republicans, and thus... I was a non-gun-toting Republican as well, and I don't think that I could be part of that school of thought anymore. And I mean, that's not something that happened just, oh, this week, because, you know, oh my gosh, there was another shooting, because there was, and it was horrific. But I've been feeling like this, and I think it's maybe because I live in New York City now, where there isn't people that look like me all over the place. There isn't people that have the school of thoughts of my parents anymore. There's many different opinions about many, many different things, way more than my vanilla upbringing has had.
0: <laughs> Literally vanilla. <laughs> <to the laughs> like state it, it, it truly was. Like,
1: you know, Wednesday night I came home from work and, you know, I work until midnight and I sat on the couch and was just like, what, what does someone make of this? And of course the this is San Bernardino. I mean... You, how how do you not process? Like, how, how do you not come home and think of, like, number one, how lucky you are? And number two, like, what the fuck would I do in a situation like that? Like, what if that happened?
0: Because I it, think that over time, you and I have talked so much about this that we know exactly what you would do. I would be dead. You would be shot. Yeah, without a doubt. You, you would have been shot, and that would have been the end of it.
1: And it's not funny. We're not trying to make light of the situation, but, like... It's becoming so much to process that, like, like one of the things that, like, I, I wrote about, because I, I just had a verbal or, you know, written diarrhea episode in my journal the other night, just, like, trying. And, like, I had never done that. I'd never gotten political. Like, I hate politics. Like, I'd follow, like, you know, like, of course, like, you, you learn what your parent like, your parents kind of form your first opinions. And then as you go out into the world, you become... Your own person. Right. But politics was never something that, like, I really gave a shit about. And I don't know if it's because I am on the cusp of breaking news now for the first time in my life in a way that I've never been before. Because as news happens, I'm aware of it. So, in the past, you know, being a journalist, I was an arts and entertainment journalist. So, I never had to cover the fire or... Violence, You know, I never had to go to, like, a community meeting and talk about things that were pissing off people, like, you know, my bridge is closed for six months and things like that. So, like, I got to do (laughs) the fun stuff. And now I'm seeing how truly fucked up the world is because I cover breaking news now.
0: Well, I feel like you might be jaded because you finally have your rite of passage. And I feel like each age group goes through it because you can kind of, like live freely like mentally freely when you're younger and then you get to a point where you start to get older and different things start to matter like taxes and like what your money is going to and like the environment that you're living in and how it's changing right and i feel like in pennsylvania nothing ever changed like it was the same thing all the time the big news was you know what the name of the new arena is going to be. And then the controversy sure. over that. I yeah. mean, it was just, it wasn't...
1: And, like, the nepotism of, like, well, this person was, like, a local rep and, or, you know, a local mover and shaker and then, like, it passed on in families. Like, families were the people who did things and it stayed like that. I mean, and you know that for, like, you know that. And, you know, and I'm sure that's the same in, like, a lot of places, but... I only grew up in Pennsylvania, so that's what I could speak to.
0: Right. But here was a matter of, you know, we kind of came in at a time where everybody was bitching about the mayor. At -hmm. the time, it was Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. Um, Coming into a big city environment, you know, uh, and, and, and again, not that I'm not used to a big city environment, but having been away from it and moving back and stuff like that, I didn't see what the problems were. Because I right. remember a long time ago, like, David Dinkins being a complete fuck-up. And I remember, like, you know, people, like, having their love-hate relationship with Koch back then. And Giuliani doing not all that much for the city, in my opinion, until nine sure. eleven came along. And then all of a sudden it was like he was a hero. But everybody forgot everything that happened up until nine eleven. Like, sure. he wasn't doing that great. Sure. And, you know, now we have Bloomberg... You know, back then when we first moved Mm -hmm. in and it was like, wait a minute, your biggest complaints is this guy is taking away big sodas. But, you know, the city was safe. Mm -hmm. Nobody had to like worry about anything. And these are the important things. Right. Right. You're not happy you can't get a big soda. Go out and buy two small ones. Like there's ways around everything if you really need it. Like that shouldn't be a thing where we need to like make this massive shift and hire somebody In the mayoral office, like Bill de Blasio, who you and I both thought in the beginning, like we really did, judging by who was available. Yeah,
1: I almost bought it. I almost did.
0: And we were both like going, all right, well, out of who's available now, like this guy is, you know, potentially the best person. So you got to go with it. And we lose stop and frisk, which so many people was against. Sure. And you look at the, you know, the amount of gun violence going up and you're like, how the fuck can you be surprised at this point in time? You gave up the ability of the police to stop and frisk people.
1: Exactly. And you and I and several people that we've known have gotten...
0: Stopped and Excuse frisked. me, ma'am. Could we, have Can we <laughs> go
1: through your your bag? Sure. You know what? It, it's like sure. You're like, oh, it's on the way to work or something like that. So like, yeah, it would be an inconvenience. But you know, it would be more of an inconvenience being on a train that got shot up.
0: Exactly. And and you know, I've had I've been wanded. I've been patted down. Mm-hmm. I had people go through my shit. And it's like going. All right. I get it. I don't know the struggles of other races. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. Un- I don't think I will ever fully understand the conflict they have with the police because I'm not, I'm not that it's, it's hard to relate to something you're not, but in the same respect, it's also hard to understand how people can say, you know, we want to be safe, but we don't want our rights violated. And now you're giving people the ability to walk around with guns, and then you can't be surprised at the fact that there's so much gun violence on the streets.
1: Sure, yeah. And, I mean, like, we've seen neighborhoods change, and people complain about gentrification all the time. And believe me, we know what that's like. (laughs) We are white people who live in Harlem. So we know the backlash that sometimes happens from that. But... We have also seen neighborhoods change for the worse. Like, we were just talking this morning that, like, our neighborhood that we live in now was was really, really nice. Like, we had great neighbors. We had, you know, the, the streets you were, like, walking on the streets. And people, everybody would be like, hey, how you doing? You know, it was just, like, this wonderful little neighborhood. And, and that's gone because people are no longer, like, people. people don't feel safe. But then right. people also feel threatened you know because and how could they not in certain aspects because there is so much you know change there's it's so much changed. change and there's, it's scary it, it there is scary change from you know the and from from police to civilians you know of all races and colors like it is a scary time to be living in america right now
0: right and it shouldn't be because change should be good because if you're not changing for the good there's no point of changing you might as well just say stagnant which is why I think Pennsylvania in a way was a much better family place.
1: Sure. And and we always, you know, like people from there kind of joke and like we kind of joke and say especially from northeastern Pennsylvania because our biggest city wouldn't be a, really considered a city in any place, in anybody else's like
0: <laughs> it would be an apartment way, building way of a thinking. big apartment building yeah, laid out know, across the land it's
1: <laughs> like a neighborhood of like chicago or new york or something like that like i mean there's you know there's hundreds of thousands but like it's not the way it is in like major cities across the the united states but like one thing that we kind of always would joke about those of us from northeastern pennsylvania we like to say that like you know we're about 10 years 10 years behind everybody else
0: yeah but in a way that's good but it also foreshadows what's coming and what's coming is not good because there is not a lot of good things right you know in our current situation right now i mean the gun violence is so insane And it's getting to the point where you'll, like, tell me a story about, like, hey, you know, did you hear about the shooting and whatever? And I'm just totally desensitized by it. At this point in time, it's just like going, there are so many shootings right now. It is not not to the point where it is something that's alarming anymore. It is just kind of, like, set in me that there's shootings every single day and there's going to be more shootings tomorrow and more the next day. And nothing's going to get done about it because it starts at the definite political level.
1: But I don't under... And, you know, just to throw out a statistic. I mean, I know we have tons of statistics that, like, we want to talk about. But, you know, just for food for thought, an article that came out on Mashable, um, I think it was Thursday because it was, like, it referenced, you know, the shooting in San Bernardino on Wednesday. There have been 351 mass shootings in the United States in 2015. And there's only been 334 days at the point that this article came out. So 334 days, 351 mass shootings. And, you know, next week, you know, December 14th will be the three-year anniversary of Sandy Hook in, you know, Newtown, Connecticut, which, um, you know, that that was—and San Bernardino was the deadliest shooting since Sandy Hook, where 28 people were killed— And of those 28 people, 20 of them were kids because it was at an elementary school.
0: Which is so fucked up in itself. But it also kind of makes you wonder, like, why are we allowing this to continue instead of doing what's right? They're doing what's going to get them elected. And at what point do we say? All right, it's not our legal system that failed. It's not our society that's failed. It's our political system that led the way to the complete failure of everything that's going on right now.
1: And you know, and I think about my parents. Like, my parents are extremely angry that the first thing that people do when something like this happens is turn on the NRA they turn on the gun owners. The people like my parents. My parents have never once, nor would they ever, use their gun in a way that was not to hunt or for their own self-protection if needed. They've never, you know, thankfully had to be in that situation, but, like, this was what they grew up with. It's the area that we grew up. So when I came out of work one the other day and told my mom, like, yeah, like, now they're, like, you know, doing this and saying this. And she just flipped out because she's like, they're going to try to take our guns away. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And it's like something has to change because what would happen if, you know, and like, you know, remember, I remember us like talking about this before. Like somebody's like, oh, yeah. Like if there's a a shoot up in a movie theater, you know, somebody with a gun, you know, carrying even, even what happened in Paris with the Paris attacks. Like if somebody had a gun, that wouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah, that somebody was Donald Trump.
1: But there are other people that said that, right, too. Right, He but, was the
0: most outgoing well, of, course. of the whole situation. Well,
1: because he, he who yells loudest is going to be heard more than uh, everybody. Yeah, true. And I'm surprised that nobody shot that asshole yet. Because, to be <laughs> honest with you... Wouldn't
0: it be... That would be <laughs> ironic. That would be
1: ironic. Because, I feel I like mean,
0: Alanis Morissette should be playing in the background <laughs> while Donald Trump is getting shot at some political rally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances that if somebody was carrying a weapon... You don't think that that person would be cowering in fear as well? Like
0: Of course they would. My dad is a correct well, he's a retired correction mm-hmm. officer. When I was growing up, one of the things we used to do as a bonding experience in my horrific teen years where mm-hmm. I just was not associating with my parents whatsoever, and he was trying hard to like have make us have a connection was we would go out to the gun range Mm -hmm. because he would have to go to practice for work. Sure. And, you know, I wasn't doing anything. I would just be laying in my room sleeping most of the day away. So I would go with him to the gun range and go shooting and stuff like that. And the guy behind the counter would be very, very, you know, educational as far as like just the kind of gun you should use for, you know, each situation and this is the kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, this is how it should feel and this is what you should expect. And, you know, I, oh, one thing that always stuck in my head from all the times that we went there was just one conversation with this guy. Like, a lot of that information has been just passed out. Like, I, sure. I, like I, I didn't care about it. But this one thing that stuck out in my head was this guy said, if you have a handgun, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to give you protection. You have six bullets in the gun if you're living in a house that has, like, a lot of entranceways. You're not really sure. You wake up disorientated in the middle of the night. Somebody walks in the door. You hear a noise. You don't necessarily know where the noise is coming from. You stop pulling your gun out. You, number one, don't know what you're shooting at. You don't know where you're shooting at. It could it be your wife coming difference. in from
1: the bathroom. Like
0: It could be, but back in those days... Who wouldn't count well, that I'm if they're say. lucky stars? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, his his suggestion was a shotgun. He was like going, you know, shotguns are legal everywhere because, number one, they're non-concealable. So you know that, you know, somebody,
1: yeah, like you can't,
0: yeah. It's not the Wild West anymore. Like, if you're walking around the subway system with a shotgun, everybody knows to stay the fuck away from the guy with the shotgun. Exactly. You know what I mean? Whereas a handgun, you can hide and you could do like a lot more mischievous damage. But if somebody breaks into your house, he was like, you have the shotgun pumped as soon as you hear that noise because it is such a distinctive sound that that sound alone will deter somebody who broke in your house to just get the fuck out of your house because right. they know you have a gun that makes a, there's no other sound that sounds like it and that you're willing to kill them. If they're still coming at you, you warn them once and you shoot. And he goes, the best thing about a shotgun was as opposed to one tiny bullet, all of these pellets go spraying out and it's guaranteed to just eliminate the target that you're shooting at, or at least, incapacitated to the point where it's no longer a threat sure but that's not what people want you could tell the whole country like you know what buy a shotgun automatic assault rifles not good handguns not good let's get rid of all of those you want a gun you can have a shotgun you can use it for hunting Mm -hmm. you can use it for protection you can use it for target practice whatever the fuck you're going to use it for it doesn't make a difference But most people don't want a shotgun because it's not, like, a sleek, cool-looking gun. It's
1: my right to have something in my pocket that only I know about.
0: Keeping with the whole shotgun theme, growing up, I knew this kid who was the son of my soccer coach. He was in his garage one day. No one ever showed him how to use the family shotgun. God knows why they had it. It was in Long Island. It's not like they were going family out.
1: Family shotgun. <laughs> going like. out deer hunting, like
0: pulling that shit off from over the fireplace mantle, right? <laughs> like you know, Pennsylvania. I know. I
1: know. <laughs>
0: and this wasn't a normal Long Island practice. People didn't have a bunch of like shotguns hanging up like in their house and stuff like that. But for some reason, this family did. Whatever. Maybe they were foreshadowing like well, what was to come down the road.
1: True gun toters don't really have them hanging all over the place. I mean, ours were locked up except for one that was by our front door that we were told that our fingers would get broken if we ever touched it. So,
0: Well, not only would your fingers get broken, but in this kid's situation, he it was a matter of he took this gun out in his garage and decided he was going to try to shoot it himself. And instead of putting the butt of the gun up to his shoulder and pulling mm-hmm. the trigger softly and expecting there to be some sort of recoil he put the butt of the gun up to his cheek
1: <gasps> oh my god Ooh.
0: and when he pulled the trigger he broke his the top part of his teeth his bottom jaw oh his eye socket just broke it because of the amount of kickback there sure, was in the yeah. shotgun. And that was my very first gun experience.
1: Were you with him when he did that? God,
0: no, man. Thank God. No, I found out because we went to school like on a Monday. This happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this kid didn't show up for class. And, you know, by, I don't know, the end of the week, people were like, where the hell, you know, is this kid Patrick? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just he's not showing up for school anymore. He's gone for a week. And it wound up being he was like in a hospital for, you know, close to a month getting reconstructive surgery on his face. And when this gun uh, shop owner was telling me, you know, a shotgun is the way to go. I was like, yeah, I could totally see that because that is a lot of power for one single weapon but it makes killing something so simple like it makes it too easy i think
1: but it's not see i don't know because it's not like something that's easy to use so, because it's not like oh i'm going to sit here and like twirl it like a little kid could pick up a gun a handgun and be like this feels kind of cool in my hand like you know i've held yeah. handguns like you like they fit like they're built to fit in your in a hand you know so like almost like a toy because they're the same size as like a toy water pistol or something like that. So it's like, I don't know, like I just think like a shotgun's not something that you're going to be like, I'm going to pick this up and play with it. Like, I don't know. Depends
0: on how tough of a kid you are. I guess. Because, I I mean, you get yourself a duster and a shotgun. Mm -hmm. You're pretty badass. Oh my God. Not, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. And I wasn't even thinking about the school shootings. I was just thinking more about the Wild West. I feel like, you, you know, were
1: thinking of Always Sunny. That's what you were thinking no, I of. You wasn't were thinking, thinking of, of Always Sunny. <laughs> I
0: wasn't always thinking of Always Sunny. I was thinking more along the lines of like you know Lorenzo
1: Lamas, uh,
0: Lorenzo Lamas, yeah, from Renegade. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking that either. I was thinking Young Guns. Oh, <laughs> uh, even better. Which... <laughs> See, I knew I was getting to a better place than you know Lorenzo Lamas or let school finish. shootings. I mean, you know. Yeah, I
1: should have let
0: you finish. <laughs> but I mean, if you go and and. You know, see like movies and stuff like that that are over glorifying guns. Kids getting guns at young ages because, you know, they're told these are toys. Water guns are cool. Bubble guns are cool. And then you get a little bit older and you're like, going, ah, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to buy a gun that has like bullets. And then you have like a nonprofit organization such as the NRA saying, not only should you get a gun, but it's your right to have one. And you should have a gun for protection. Which is kind of insane, because if nobody had a gun, you, you wouldn't need to be protected from guns. Is it possible that nobody can have a gun in the U.S.? I don't think so. You don't think so, but Australia somehow did it.
1: What is Australia? Do we know like what Australia is, like their population compared to ours? Like It's much less, because they have so much less.
0: The population is definitely less, but here's what they did. Back on April 28th in 1996, there was a gunman who opened up fire on a bunch of tourists. And by the time he was finished, he had shot 35 or he had killed 35 people and wounded 23 more. Oh, my God. It was the worst mass murder in Australian history. So a little bit more than what we have been have going on right now, but pretty comparable in numbers like 35 killed 23 injured compared to...
1: to San Bernardino, which had 14 killed, at least 20 injured, and then Sandy Hook had 28 killed, you know, as little kids, my God. Right, But 35, I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, it's a big number, but so are the numbers that were here. Well, here, as we sit here and talk about it, and our politicians take to Twitter and let the masses know what their opinions are on gun control, Mm -hmm. which is complete bullshit, because... I get it. It's social media. You get it out quicker and stuff like that. You're not really helping by just tweeting something like, we have to do something.
1: Action (laughs) Action speaks louder than words. It's a perfect example of
0: that. Right. And in Australia, 12 days after the shootings.
1: 12 days after the shootings. Okay.
0: Australia's government decided to create a new law, which would allow people to trade their guns in for what they were worth and give tax incentives to get guns out of the hands of private civilians, making guns illegal. Okay. So let's say if you bought a gun for $500. Sure. And now all of a sudden this law passes. You can bring your gun back to a government-sanctioned area. mm mm-hmm. They'll give you back your five hundred dollars. They'll give you back they'll give you a tax break. You no longer own the gun, but you didn't lose anything. It's not like the government took your gun away from you, you and said you can't have it. it. You
1: got money. You got for... a refund.
0: It, basically what it is in in the way I see it is is the government saying, We fucked up by thinking you were responsible enough to own a gun. And by owning up to our mistakes, we're just gonna refund your money and take your gun back and say, sorry, man. We didn't realize you were like this out of fucking control.
1: And you know, their country probably, you know, had the same kind of like beginnings as ours. Like, you know, you had to have a gun because there were like the wild animals and like. And this, criminals. And criminals, because true. It like was back a then. Penal because, sure, yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, we were a, like this country was woods and there were animals and people had to hunt and things like that. Well,
0: here's a little more on the Australian thing. At the height of the push was a massive buyback of more than 600,000 semi-automatic shotguns and rifles, or about one-fifth of all firearms in circulations in Australia. The country's new gun laws prohibit private sales, required that all weapons to be individually registered to their owners, and require that gun buyers present a genuine reason for needing each weapon at the time of the purchase self-defense is not a reason to own a a gun in australia in the wake of the tragedy polls showed that public supported these measures upwards of 90 percent. so it's not like australia is saying no guns across the board
1: Mm -hmm. if there's a a reason for it right
0: like and and again you're going, go, you're in Australia. You're going in a place that has like fucking crocodiles and like, you know, kangaroos punch.
1: Oh, they punch hard. Yeah,
0: yeah man. You see them in boxing in the cartoons and stuff <laughs> like that. You need to have something to protect yourself, man. Koala bass can get a little, you know, onray. <laughs> but, you know, you, you look at like Australia and they're not seeing. People can't own a gun. You just have to have a damn good reason to own a gun.
1: And I honestly don't think that that is ever going to work for the United States. At least not until... I mean, look at the political race right now. You know, when Obama ran, he was a youngin compared to a lot of the other people. Yep. Right now, a lot of the people who are running are either fucking
0: stupid... Absolutely.
1: Or are very old or come from an old regime that isn't working anymore. Like, just think about it. Picture all three billion candidates that are running right now for 2016. And just picture, like, their faces. Nothing is going to change because these people are already set in their ways. They've already had their schools of thought, you know... They've already, some of them have already been in the White House, for example.
0: These, you, you
1: know, so I mean, or been in, you know, Capitol Hill, been on Capitol Hill and things like that. They're not going to change. And they're not going to be willing to work together. Because they fucking aren't doing it right now. Look at healthcare. Look at the gun be- the gun debate right now they're never going to agree with each other so until these politicians either retire or just die off because they're old and i mean no disrespect to bernie sanders because we do feel the burn sometimes <laughs> <laughs>
0: usually when he talks we feel the burn huh? we feel
1: the burn <laughs> but like it's not going to change because they will never change they are of that generation of our parents and other people who are just like i want the things the way that they have always been but the way that they've always been isn't working
0: and, and that's the other thing and just to give you an idea of did the gun like law in Australia work for them some quick numbers on this are um, homicides by fo- homicides by firearms plunged 59% between 1995 and 2006 that's almost 60% down.
1: In 10 years. That's, I think, I mean, I think in in that span, I think that's probably a good number, right?
0: That's a very good number. And with no corresponding increase in non-firearm related homicides, which means once the guns went away and the murder rate dropped, it stayed low. It's not like knife Murders went up, or you know, like strangulations mm-hmm. went up. Strangu- the murder rate, the murder rate went down Well, you know those Jack countries the Ripper. Anything <laughs> related with the UK, the any anything with the UK, you got to automatically assume that there's like somebody sinister in the shadows, just just ready to go
1: in a top hat and like a cape. <laughs>
0: I think he'd be the easiest guy to find in Australia in modern day. If he was running around in the cape and a top hat, maybe, maybe. I think anywhere in the world, if somebody was running around in the cape and a top hat, would the guy look like him? Yes, we know that guy. But you
1: know what? Here, that probably would like would be like, oh, that's just you know, that's just New York.
0: <laughs> no, we haven't gotten into the top hat crazy yet. We're we're moving that out. <laughs> Um also that the thing that was so fascinating about Australia was the drop in suicides by guns was even steeper with 65% was the drop in suicides that were gun related which is huge because going back to what I was saying before a gun is so easy it's such an easy way to like kill somebody including yourself sure. because it doesn't take much thought just to like Quickly wow, but pull it's a trigger. So
1: filthy,
0: but it's fast. Like
1: if pe- you do it right.
0: If look, some people are gonna want to die. No matter sure, what, I get it. It doesn't I make a it. difference. But I mean, you know, if you cut your wrist, oh. let's just say, oh. and you're bleeding, okay. there are a lot of people who will automatically panic and call for help. With a gun, there's no call for help. Yeah, once like you pull the trigger, it's, it's done. done. Yeah. Like you, you're at it. Your time's up. It's over. It, it just it's It gives way too much power to the individual, and we are a very, very stupid race and And I think that's what offends so many people is because they don't wanna be told you are not responsible enough to own a gun. They want to say like, no, oh, no, I am responsible enough to own a gun until an accident happens or until the gun gets sure, stolen yeah. or until you know you use it wrongly or you know or in some cases where you have the gun and it's locked up and somebody breaks in and hurts you or your family or takes right. your stuff that you got the gun for in the first place to protect against and you don't have time to get it which happens all too often.
1: Because think about and if you're if you're listening or you know you're thinking like I am responsible enough. I am you know I'm not going to do things like that. I'm not. We are the people who buy cups of coffee that say caution hot contents because somebody successfully was able to sue for spilling hot coffee on herself and got millions of dollars for that because I didn't know that it was going to be hot. You ordered fucking hot coffee. (laughs) So that should be like, if we have to drink out of plastic cups that say caution hot contents, maybe we should really reconsider the fact that we are not mature people. We are not a mature society.
0: Yeah. Or in a case like Bloomberg, where he stepped in and said, listen, you guys are getting too fucking fat. You <laughs> can't have these huge shoulders no more. You're killing yourselves. Like, we do. We do need the guidance. I'm sorry to say it, man. Like, because it sounds almost communistic of me. And I, and I understand that. But I think we're almost at a point where we need people to step in and say, you children are misbehaving in so many ways. Mm -hmm. We got to start taking your toys away because you don't know how to play with them correctly.
1: Right. And, you know, though, like, even if the United States was able to do a buyback, which they never will because both sides will never agree to something that worked, especially something that worked for somebody for another country. And I just think that there's just, too many damn guns out there and too many damn people that won't give them up because they're just, I have a right, I have a right. I just think that if that ever does happen to, in the United States, if that conversation even reaches a point where they might, like, vote on it or something like that, I think that the violence level is just going to, it's going to be shootouts everywhere.
0: But, you know, let me explain Thanksgiving in the Rardi House. Because I had this conversation with my dad on the ride home. We had got stuck in a shit ton of traffic on the way Mm -hmm. home last weekend. And, you know, one of the things we talked about was this new show that's on um, Amazon, which is The Man in the High Castle.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Which we love. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to relate it to this. Don't worry. But basically, (laughs) um, the show is like a depiction of what would have happened if the united states would have lost world war 2 mm-hmm. and in doing so nazi germany would have taken over everything up to the rocky mountains mm-hmm. from the east coast and japan would have gotten everything from the rocky mountains out to the west coast and they would have split it up and you know they would have like basically kept up whatever policies they had in europe and sure. everything kind of settled down not saying I want Nazis to come in and start burning the elderly and the sick, which is something that they definitely had in store. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. But, you know, my dad, whose family fought in the war.
1: Mm-hmm, as did mine.
0: Even said, would it have been such a bad thing looking back now if we would have lost the war? Which is very weird coming from my dad. Because, he, you know, he had a military background. Right. His parents had a military background. I mean, everybody was part of the military back in that day and age. Sure. You had to be. Yeah. There was no choice. But in explaining it, it made a lot of sense because it was like, with all this craziness that's going on right now, if we would have lost a war and a government would have came in and said, this is how you do shit. Things would have settled down, like we might not have been as volatile as we are right now. Again, barring the fact that you know, right, certain right. races and religions would have been completely wiped sure, out off of the course, planet, of course. But theoretically speaking, if a government regime came in and said, "We're not asking your opinion. You guys are killing yourself with guns all the time." Like, you know, again, 1,052 mass shootings in 1,066 days. At some point, what do you, when do you not like step up and say, it's enough. We're just taking it away. We're not giving you a vote. You don't get a vote because you're killing each other. At this point in time, you are putting everybody's family at risk. So fuck it. We're not taking your guns away. We're taking everybody's guns away too fucking bad and if we catch you with it guess what you go into jail
1: no questions asked
0: no questions asked and that's it and that's the only way it will work but it's like who's gonna have the balls to do that and it is gonna be something of a you know shit show i was gonna i was gonna <laughs> say it, it would be something like very relevant to you know let's say a nazi organization where they just, doesn't, they don't care. And people's rights will be violated. But violated any more than what they are being violated now. I mean, the NSA can listen to our phone conversations. We can be recorded. We can be, like, taped from, like, pretty much any light mm-hmm. post in New York City here. We gave up so many of our rights already in an effort to be safe. How is it that we can allow people into our complete private lives on every other level except for... Protection from other people who have guns that can shoot us.
1: You know, and like one one of the things that like I was like when, when I was trying to process, you know, San Bernardino, that you know, as I'm sure you know, um, it turned out that this they they are looking at this as a terroristic occurrence, um, oh, yeah. as a terroristic attack. What we're becoming is them.
0: We're evolving, is what we are.
1: Yeah, and we're evolving into them. We're becoming. Like ISIS, think about these, these Syrians. The reasons that a lot of them are leaving is because violence. There's so much violence. They can't walk the streets without wondering, am I going to get shot today? Is today going to be the shot? Well, with 354 days in a year, there's been 350 or 334 days in a year, and there's been 351 mass shootings am I going to get shot when I go to Seatown town go, to go grocery shopping? The chances have gotten so much better. So are we any better than ISIS? Especially considering that like some of these shootings, you know, and yes, San Bernardino is being investigated as a terroristic attack because, um, you know, it came out that the woman had pledged allegiance to ISIS, um, you know, or, you know, and offered her support. But like you have someone like Dylan Roof who killed nine African Americans at a church at a church like these people are praying the Sandy Hook kids they were at fucking school they're kids even even in San Bernardino it was like a holiday party for like at a at a place that works with like people with de- de- developmental disabilities what the fuck man like what the fuck <laughs> like that like don't you think that like they're not they're not fucking getting off on that?
0: Well, yeah, they are, but a part of it is our fault as well, though, because we're making it very easy for them to get guns here. It's not easy to smuggle shit into How the country.
1: Is it easy to get the fucking assault rifles that they had? I get it. Okay, a handgun, a shotgun. Let me walk into whatever kind of gun store. Yeah, I need an assault weapon. But
0: that's not it, though. It's not the gun stores. It's the private owners of guns who are just like, Fuck it! I could sell my gun. It doesn't make a difference. And so
1: as, is that what's happening here? Is that
0: uh, yeah? So that's like one of like, the major problems right now. It's and and gun and gun stores are definitely an issue, without a doubt.
1: So basically, it's the equivalent of I'm going to sell my car on Craigslist. I'm the legal title. You have the title now. Like, but I mean, like even then, a you a little still more have to shady. Into,
0: you but sti- but <laughs>
1: like you know. Even, like, like, for example, when I got rid of my car, I gave it to my mom. And I think, like, I sold it to her for, like, a dollar or something. And I was just like, here, like, just take it because I don't want it. Like, I'm living in the city. But, like, we had to go and, like, sign it over. And we had to have all the paperwork and stuff like that. Is that happening with these things?
0: No, it's not. I'll give you an example right now. In my house, when I lived in Pennsylvania, I didn't own any guns but the person that I lived with owned three guns. That person moved to New Jersey. That person did not register the three guns in New Jersey because New Jersey would not have allowed that person to have the three handguns in the state because it would have been illegal. And the, as soon as they tried to like get that license transferred over, the state would have been like going, no, they're not legal here. Right. You have to give them up. So how do you fix that? You just turn around and you say, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm going to move. I'm going to carry my guns in New Jersey. And guess what? Now there's three illegal guns in New Jersey that don't belong there from just one person that I know. And then that person who is, you know, always struggling for money needs to make a buck. And they say, well, you know, I bought this gun legally for 500 bucks in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It's illegal in New Jersey. So it's a commodity. I can get a thousand dollars for it right now. Yeah. If I'm like broke, I'm just going to sell it. They're not going to fucking do a background check. So they could sell it to somebody who could sell it to somebody else, and it just goes on and on, and then all of a sudden it winds up in somebody's hands that's going to use it for something malicious, mm-hmm. and then we all look around and we're like, oh man, how did this happen? That's exactly how it fucking happened. We allowed it to like get rolling to the point where this is now vi- a viable thing.
1: And that's why gun control is never going to be something that is going to be fixed.
0: Which is why it has to be all or nothing. All the guns... Or none of the guns. You can't complain and say, today might be my day because there's a shooting a day now. And say, I want to be safe, but I don't want to give up the guns. Either you want to be safe and you give up the guns, or you say, fuck it, I'm going to take my chances, everybody gets a gun now.
1: I don't know, I just don't think that if it comes to that, like, I think people aren't going to... Like, those people who buy, who procure them illegally... You know, people like my parents. They have a record of like they have their licenses. They have all. They did all the right things from like, you know, the outfitters who they bought them from, or like the gun stores or whatever. Like, what do you call those stores? Like the sporting goods stores that right. they bought them from, and and things. But like the people that procured them from somebody basically sell it to, selling them on the equivalent of Craigslist or whatever. Those people aren't going to come forward. It's going to be like when, when like a little kid or like an old person comes on the train and like you finally get a seat. Sometimes you give it up, and sometimes you're just like, man, I really need to sit down today. Like, you're just (laughs) going to pretend that you don't see that person, just like, I'm going to pretend I don't see this, like, law that's being made, and I'm not going to give up my guns.
0: Well, then that's, like I said, that's when you need a strong government that says, I don't care what you want. Like, this is to protect everybody. Honestly, somebody who is really interested in protecting this country would just step up and say, "I'm just taking them. I don't care what your opinion is, and I don't care that I'm not going to get elected, and I'll probably get impeached, and I'll probably get executed because of breaking sure. like people's Second Amendment rights or whatever." But at the end of the day, if they could pull it off, it's worth being that martyr,
1: right? I, I yeah,
0: you know, because like every dictatorship ever in history, the dictator fucking dies. It's what it is. So it's kind of like, do you think that who's ever in charge is not going to be a target at some point in time? I mean, you know, I would say the president is always a top that's target. That's why for he everybody. has everybody.
1: Secret Service. That's why you know. That's why the Pope rides in a Pope mobile or used to before he became the <laughs> badass that <laughs> Francis is.
0: That Pope is like just bring beam bring me right up, whatever. man. Yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm the Pope. I know where I'm going at the end of the day. I mean, holy <laughs> shit. I mean, I can't get much closer to God. But when you go and you see, like, the presidents and stuff like that who get elected and they know that there's, like, assassination attempts. I mean, I'm sure that there are daily threats that they have to, like, be briefed about. about, Yeah, Yeah, because it probably happens so often it would just be like, this is fucking boring. It's another assassination attempt, you know, in the works on the president. In a situation like this, we have to think that at that point in time, you're already a target. So what do you have to lose? Of taking all the guns away. If anything, you are probably the person who would want to take guns away more than anyone else. Especially for somebody like Obama in a situation where you're running out to your second term. You're, sure, it, time is running it's out. It's over.
1: His, his yeah, for his um, what's the
0: word? I'm for, for for his presidency. So you come to it, and you're like, go. Oh, you look at it and you say, all right, I'm done in a year anyway. So worst case scenario, they impeach me. Who gives a shit? Like, I'm just, you know, tell the military, tell the police, whatever it is, go collect the fucking guns. It's better
1: to be impeached for that than for banging an intern. Yeah, man. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. Like,
0: (laughs) wouldn't you want to be the president that takes guns away as opposed to the president who just shoots all over interns? (laughs) Like, you would want to be known as the first one, I would think. But, you know... it's To
1: each their own, I guess. To each each their their own, own.
0: whatever. It's all good. So, keeping with the gun topics, why don't we go into this week's Did You Know? (laughs) Did you know? Did you know that the U.S. has the highest rate of firearm ownership worldwide? Where 31 people die of gunshot wounds every day, and at least one-third of Americans know someone who has been shot? With that said, millions of law-abiding Americans truly believe that it is safer to own a gun based on the chilling logic that because there are so many guns in circulation, one's own weapon is needed for self-protection. To put it another way, the situation is so far gone, there can be no turning back. And that is this week's most depressing, Did You Know? Did you know? So with that comes the end of another show, Nikki.
1: It does, number 10. And number 10 was a rough one.
0: It really was. And, you know, I just think that everybody, no matter what they are, needs to just take a break from whatever it is their specialty is. Whether it's trying to make people laugh or whatnot, but just take a break and realize the insanity that's going on in this country now.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we never, you know, we never want to make light of something because we we do, you know, want to be a comedy podcast, but like this week and the 340 some days before it have really taken a toll on us and it's just something that needs to be discussed and maybe it was just, you know, almost therapeutic for you and I to just kind of get it off our chest because a lot of times, like, you have to hold a lot of these opinions in, and you can't have these discussions because everything becomes so heated, so maybe it's just time that we do get this off our chest.
0: Yes, and therapy is something we all can use a lot of in these days.
1: Amen, brother.
0: <laughs> so, just so that you know, just, just like, give you an idea of, uh, you know, other people who are rather humorous that have jumped the line and broken character and are now speaking out against gun control. These are the comedian activists who are speaking out against, like, the gun laws. And they include people such as Russell Brand, Jim Jeffries, John Oliver, and Amy Schumer, who has been super outspoken about our lack of gun control here in the U.S.,
1: And those people, of course, are, you know, our comedy peers, our peers in the comedic world. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) They're on the level.
0: We're on the level. (laughs) We're, they're comedians. We're, you know, we're, we're Tom and (laughs) Nicky. Two schlubs in an apartment in Harlem. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, we're like Jackie Murphy. (laughs) You know, the one Murphy brother you guys never, ever heard of. And probably, you know, (laughs) will. But if that guy gets discovered, boy, look out, world. Look at
1: Charlie Murphy, man. He's probably more, like, revered right now than his brother.
0: (laughs) Well, his brother made that horrible song, so whatever. (laughs) Hey, that's a good song. Yeah, you party all the time. I do. You know, uh, Amy Schumer just... Because she just very recently spoke out. Like, the Mm -hmm. other day, she was at, like, an L.A. party about to go in, and she was stopped by the media, and she had expressed her anger just a few hours before the GOP-controlled Senate voted down legislation that would have barred people on a federal terror watch list from buying guns.
1: Wait, what did you just say? Did you just say that people on a federal watch list...
0: People are allowed
1: on, to buy guns?
0: They sh- Well, they are because they had this vote and the GOP-controlled Senate had said we're voting it down so that the people who are on a federal terror watch list can buy guns.
1: What the fuck is wrong with this country?
0: Well, because they're on a watch list. They're not guilty. They're so just on a watch list.
1: But, like, you're not on a watch list for, like good deeds like helping old people cross a road (laughs) like you're not on a watch list for like i donated a million dollars to charity you're on a watch list because you're kind of maybe pointing towards some shitty ass behavior
0: i'd like to get an idea of how big that watch list is like if you come in from another country and you have like i don't know let's say a middle eastern accent are you automatically put on the watch list
1: I think that sometimes, like, I think that sometimes sadly is the case because you see what what happens, how people have, like, you know, turned on Muslims who have nothing to do with, you know, ISIS or anything like that. Like, so I'm I'm sure of it. I'm sure things like that happen.
0: Well, my thought about it was maybe this happened, you know couple of days before what happened in California, or, you know, maybe they were in session, they didn't get the news, because, you know, they're in closed doors in these special rooms and whatnot. But that vote came one day after the two terrorists killed 14 people in San Bernardino, who purchased legal firearms. So, even though, if they would have been on a terror watch list, it wouldn't have mattered, because they could have went out and bought guns legally anyway. So, you can understand why People who are known for one thing are switching over and taking a stance on this. It's it's just com- so out of control.
1: But you're going to cut funding for Planned Parenthood, which is something that women need. Well, women healthcare. don't count in this country. You,
0: come well, on. I know that. Come on now. Women and single people are <laughs> fucked
1: in this country. We are fucked in this country. I get nothing for not being a breeder. I get absolutely nothing. I should be rewarded for not putting some kid... Out there. Some little asshole running around. Not that a little kid of mine would be an asshole, but, you know.
0: Terrorist of tomorrow. Literally. <laughs> so, you please. <laughs> Your kid would come out sporting a beard. There is oh, no doubt.
1: My- <laughs> that is a horrific thing to say, and I am not going to condone that nor laugh anymore at that comment.
0: But isn't it weird? I'm not saying anything about anybody's religion or nationality i'm just saying every time you see a terrorist picture the person has a beard it used to be in the are they the new hipsters no i was gonna say in the old days you used to have the people with you know the three names like lee harvey oswald john wayne gacy going out and chopping people up but i think maybe our society has gotten so lazy we don't want to say three names Now it's just a picture. Here's an image of this guy in a beard, and it's like (laughs) that guy. (laughs) <laughs> and that could be any guy you run into on the street, which makes oh my it scary. God.
1: Like pin the beard on the terrorist.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that should actually be a game. Wouldn't it be funny? <laughs>
1: it probably is. I probably saw it somewhere, and now like we're on some kind of like terrorist watch list of our own now. <laughs> oh,
0: whatever you, what you probably don't admit to it because if you saw it anywhere, it was probably in some like hut in the middle of a desert somewhere. <laughs> so let's not ever admit to you seeing something like that. <laughs> All right. I think we have done enough damage this week. I mean, we tried to reel it back in at least for the last couple of minutes of the show. Yeah. And we had some laughs at other people's expenses. But that's (laughs) what we do, right? So. Before we go, we'd just like to thank Matt Ortiz of TWT Music, who supplied this week's opening and closing tracks, which come from the Forgotten 45s and Paralea. You could check out both of the bands and TWT Music through links found on our website and in this week's description. So a big thanks to those guys.
1: So that wraps up episode 10. Thankfully, that was a pretty rough one.
0: Especially the ending. Oh, my God.
1: I feel like we've taped the ending like a thousand times.
0: All right, maybe we have.
1: Because you keep talking (laughs) and you won't stop talking.
0: All right, but it was a very depressing show tonight. It
1: was, and I feel like now we're letting off steam. and I'm just getting annoyed.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, before it gets crazy, (laughs) let's
1: lock it up, (laughs) lock it up, man. So if you have any thoughts on anything that we talked about tonight or you want to share a lovely chocolate cookie recipe to help us get over this depressing world that we live in, email us at highregardshow at com. I am not going to look at Tom because he is pissing me off right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want chocolate cookies.
1: (laughs) And maybe we'll have some because I think we have some in the cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I could always go for a nice munchy snack. And be sure to check us out on our website, com, and all social media, which, you guessed it, is High Regard Show.
0: And we have a whole lot of social media. We'll see you guys next week. We'll be back with guns blazing.
1: <laughs> Choice <laughs> words there, Tom. So, Merka, fuck
0: yeah! <laughs> Pink azaleas in the summertime Waze will always meet the ground We'll find the time to make a melody Until the source is